That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. Aren't you the rear the rear admiral? I'm the rear admiral. I've, apparently, they changed the <laughs> title. Oh, okay. so. you're, you're the rear uh, admiral. That's that's. It doesn't it. have the same ring to it, does it? No. Well, it kind of has homosexual connotations, doesn't it? A little bit. Just if I if if I were to come up to you and say I'm the Commodore, you might think I'm just crazy. If I came up and said I'm the Rear Admiral, you might think I'm crazy and gay. And you're coming on to me. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, of course not. Uh, uh, and uh, espousing his position on such things, like the ridiculousness of the name Rear Admiral, is Rue. How are you doing today, Rue? Uh, I'm okay. How are you? How are you? I was just reminiscing on how much Spaceballs is a great movie. Yeah, I know. I, before the uh, official beginning, well, not the official beginning, but the, the, the video portion of the program kicked off. And all of you that are listening out there uh, on our real live podcast, which we, which we uh, finally got, I heard, um, will we'll, we'll not know, is that we were, talk, we were doing a little, little space balls quoting in the chat before <laughs> kick things off today. And it's always good. That's always a great way see- to kick things off. Yeah, it's always good to uh, to do a little Spaceballs quoting. You know what's what also interesting, talking about Mel Brooks movies, this is very sad. Oh, no. Um, this is not part of the tids and bits. That is the news and notes portion of the program. This is a bonus piece of news. Um, so <clears throat> you can't see it quite from your angle here, but the, not my whole room is completely in shambles. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's stuff all over the place, okay? And that's because I'm moving because I bought a house. That is but terribly sad. This is my last program from this particular room. That's sad. But what's really sad, speaking of Mel Brooks movies, to tie it back into the Spaceballs thing, <laughs> is that I was forced. And when I say forced, I mean forced with a capital F. Forced I to throw so- out my Robin Hood Men in Tights poster. What? Why, why, why would you do out. that? Forced. First of all, if something was with a capital F, I, there's another word I think of other than forced, and it has something. Especially when we're talking about the rear F. Exactly, exactly what I was thinking. But secondly, that you've had that dang thing for forever. Well, I have had that thing for forever and ever and ever and ever. Hmm. So, so you're, um, you're losing a Men in Tights poster, but you're gaining a house. On yeah. The, on the whole, about Listen, even. On the on the whole, preparation H feels pretty good. <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay. Um, Welcome to yeah, our twelve-year-old no, comedy hour. We're already, we're already down. We're already down with the Mel Brooks quotes. We can't move to Austin Powers quotes. Okay. 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 Right, okay. Um. Yeah. I don't understand why moving to a much, 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 much bigger place means I have to throw all my shit away. But apparently it does. I anyway, the, I have the answer. Women. Well. Okay. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't, we don't want to say it out loud. Let's not even go there. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. uh, anyway, so, so uh, hey, hey, we hey. are going to talk about something important tonight. I mean, are we? Yeah. Gonna, we're actually going to have a conversation this evening. Go get it back. I like how all the women in the chat are telling you not to throw it out. And you need to get it back. Anyway, I know what's going on here. <laughs> this is not fair. I'm going to go buy a uh, I'm going to buy a bunch of Mel Brooks movies posters and just hang them up wherever I want. Anyway, so what what are we talking about today? Uh, I don't know. I forgot. I, I'm kind of. We, we should just do the whole show on Mel Brooks movies now. Next time, next time is what we're doing. Okay, uh, let's let's focus. We're going to talk tonight about more of a philosophical concept. You like philosophical concepts? Is that is that 
float your boat. It does, and it also floats Cooper's boat. Good. Well, that's important. We we really, if you can't tell, folks, we actually cater the program to cats it's, and yes. their sensibilities. Well, it is the internet. So, we have to be the you know cater to the most popular segment of the internet, which would be cats. So right. So it's very important that Cooper is is uh, is interested in philosophical conversations because tonight we are going to talk about what makes a video game. Yes. What makes a video game? And, and and we'll get we'll get to this in a minute, but when we actually talk about it, but it's it's admittedly um, admittedly a very nitpicky, useless thing to debate. But hell, that's kind of what we're here for is the nitpicky, useless things. So we're going to talk about it. That's exactly right. And uh, nitpicky philosophical useless topics are generally what geeks like to talk about and so that's what we're going to do here on the echo screen live the official podcast the claim of the gray wolf um before we get to that though we always do a little news and notes a little uh we call it the t's and b's the Ooh, tits and bits. before we get to that even i just want to put out the the uh <clears throat> pre-show uh uh announcement or or repeat announcement you know uh just to you know make sure people are in the know that we are now an official grown grown live podcast, and you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on yep. Stitcher. You can find us on pretty much any Android pad, 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 pod catching service of your choice. Uh, just 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 you know, just search for Echo Screen Live, and you'll find us. And uh, in particular on on iTunes, if you subscribe, please uh, give us a rating, and 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 we will love you long time. Unless you want to rate us poorly, in which case, don't. Um, But if you do like what you see, then you can rate us well, and we would appreciate that. Yes. Um, This is not a show. Oh, wait. You know what I was going to say, too? We we worked long and hard for that podcasting license, and now that we have it, damn it. We're running it into the ground. It's it's like a New York City taxicab medallion. You got to pay a million dollars just to get it, which is why there's which is why there's so few podcasts out there. That's right. And you have to pay a lot of money for it. No, you don't. Cooper called me out because it's free. It's absolutely, positively free. We would never charge for this kind of thing. Come on. What are you guys, crazy? Ah, Pushing Up Roses is in the chat. Who guested starred, guested starred, guest starred, I believe, on episode 38. Was it really that long ago? It was, which was Mm -hmm. our uh, Women in Video Games podcast. And she's asking, where can she find our Women in Video Games podcast? Well, well, you can find it on the iTunes. Well. You could find it on on the Stitcher. You could find it uh, on our website, clanofthegraywolf.com. We have live stream or not live streams. They're not live after we already do them. Recorded videos um, of of all of our previous streams, in case you like to uh, consume them that way. So, hey, you know what? Pushing up roses, you could what? you could find it there potentially. Yeah, or anybody else for that matter. Don't have to be pushing up roses to find it there. You can actually find it there no matter who you are. Yes, very exciting. We don't discriminate. We do not discriminate. Oh, thank you, Broccolope. Already left us a review. Anyway. Oh, see, now look at that. That's phenomenal. And he doesn't even know if it's good yet. Yes. It could be terrible. Now, C. Goldsmith asks a very good question. Where can I find the PAX podcast? Well, one of our best podcasts, and I can say this because it's lost now, but after we got back from PAX, you know, we always have a good time at PAX East, yeah. but we were talking about some of the things that make for a good and a bad uh, uh, con-going yeah. experience, yeah. And, right. and basically some of the things we're disillusioned about after we've been to a few of them. Yes. Unfortunately, Twitch uh, lost that uh, video, and I didn't save it elsewhere, therefore... It's gone forever. It's gone forever, so we're going to have it's, to redo that at some yeah. point in the future. 
We're yep. definitely going to do it. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but sometimes we lose these things, you know. And um, not uh, not like that crappy um, sex video movie starring um, you know the the chick from the mask. I don't even you know. seen that? What? Yeah, the thing where they lose the movie in the cloud and the the, the mask. The, the chick from the mask. Um, and Jim something about Mary. Carey? That's not a chick. Um, uh, the Bron- lady. Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, Bronson Pinchot. Yes. She is amazing. And anyway, now, and now we do uh, the dance of joy. Now we, now we, <laughs> we're, um, we're so it's we're, four, we're like fourteen minutes into the podcast now, and we're still not actually talking about anything. But that's we okay. haven't talked about anything. Yet. That's what yeah, we no, do. This, this is what's all about. Listen, there is a third portion of the program that is coming. Cameron Diaz, thank you. God bless America. Not Bronson <laughs> Pinchot. It was Cameron Diaz. I was so close. The point is. Uh, well, one of the points I'm trying to make is that you can actually ask us questions, which is the third portion of the program. You can ask us questions. We will answer them live on the air. We've been doing that kind of live style over the last uh, couple podcasts. I kind of like that. Oh, I kind of like that idea. We'll do a little rapid fire action. So be saving up those questions for the third part of the program where we will answer the questions that we deem worthy of our time. Looking at you. Worthy of our time. Uh, close to the end of the program. Also, so stay tuned. And also, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. As we record, this is July 2nd, and uh, Taco's Rule 89 already you know, brought up the very important point. Where are the sparklers for America's birthday? Sparklers will be coming later, but for now I have a little American flag. Yes, and we have, not, uh, we have yet to burn down anyone's house. That might change uh, by the end. We'll, we'll see if I visit your new house, if I can burn it down. Anyway. And apparently Mel Brooks is what makes a good video game. So our podcast is pretty much over. Why don't we just talk about uh, Bronson Pinchot? Well, you know, what I saw as an interesting term for him was the Langoliers. All right, I'm changing, I'm changing the topic. All right, let's, let's get to some news and notes. Is there anything you really want to talk about from news and notes? I had one thing I wanted to talk about. Maybe this is why we're vamping so much, because there's not a lot yeah, of news well, and Yeah, we're in that notey. post-E3 vacuum. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay. What's, what's the thing you wanted to talk about? I wanted to talk about... Um, Google I.O. being a little, just a little bit underwhelming. We talked about uh, that it was coming up last <laughs> show. This time, it just wasn't that great. Yeah, I know Android L Lollipop is coming. Uh, um, my, but my money's on Lifesavers. Lifesavers? Are they, are they really going to continue the whole uh, you know, sponsorship thing? Like a KitKat? Yeah, interesting. Not, and they're not above that. That's fine. I, I respect that. Uh, Lifesavers, you know, is 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 coming out, and so there's some <laughs> cool things with that, but it wasn't really that amazing. The Android wearable stuff, which I was really hoping to see something about, just does not look like it's that great yet. So uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's not. It's as, got some good stuff. It's got some okay stuff. It, it, it needs to uh, grow into itself a little bit which, more. Google now gets more more powerful as time goes on, and it learns and watches more of your life, uh, you know, and and learns where you're, you know, exactly what you're thinking before you think it, and then it'll be more useful. And other apps, I mean, apps already come out of the box being able to interact yeah. with notifications to the yes. Android Wear, Wear platform on your watch, which is cool. Which is it's great by itself, but you know, there will be more ways uh, app developers will will interact with. The, the platform, I'm sure, as time goes on, just give it some time. I mean, yep. I, I, and let's be let's be frank. Was it the? I can't remember the exact names of the two watches that are already for sale: the Samsung and the LG versions. Not the sexiest watches. They're no. they're they they kind of look like Samsung gears, um, which are like the kind of big clunky. They look like um, 
you know, those you see some people wearing uh, like Fitbit watches or yeah. not, not the Fitbit, but you know, the, uh, the pebbles you're talking about. Well, I'm thinking more of the, you know, like health tracking watches. Oh, and they're kind of clunky yeah, yeah. and they're like square. With the heart monitor. Yeah, yeah with yeah, everything yeah, in yeah. there. And it's, yeah, yeah, not sure. not exactly a fashion statement. So No. No. Uh, also, so, so, I mean, Pushing Up Rose would like us, would like us, I'm just saying, to talk about the Langoliers instead of this. I'm just throwing that out there. But anyway, go ahead. Wait, no. Um, yeah, I, you know, but the other thing I'm concerned about is, is the, you talk about the maturation process. There's got to be some here because what was pretty clear from the reviews I've seen so far about all, even the really premium kinds of Android wearables at the moment is that they, they don't really make a lot more of things convenient. They're impossible to read in sunlight. You know, all these kinds of things that you would have thought people would have learned by this point. Like you can't make a device that you know, is I mean, think about all the reasons you can use a wristwatch easily. It's because, you know, you can use it in low light places. You can, you know, it's it's easy to interact with. You only like have to look at it for a second and you're done. And they haven't quite gotten that down yet. So anyway. Yeah, I mean so not a lot of big surprises from Google I.O., but you know, nothing terrible. It wasn't like I expected it was a, more. I expected meh. I expected more. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so that was mine. What are you gonna talk about? Uh, first, I want to note that uh, Carrara just got uh, his uh, game, one, one of the last few uh, uh, prizes that we sent out from our uh, marathon this past December. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there, there were a few, a few, I actually got most of them out this past February, but there were a few that uh, kind of languished, mostly the international ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he just got his uh, copy of Hit the Ice for generously donating last last uh, December during our charity marathon. And yes, it was not a mistake that I sent a Canadian the ice hockey game. Anyway. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> for Canada Day. Yeah. Apparently. Speaking of Canada. Yes. Oh, I thought that was a... No, that's that was that's really all I had. Noob, we have a noob question from Burger Flute. This isn't exactly news and notes, but this is good because I'm not exactly sure myself. Can you lower the streaming quality on Twitch for better performance? I don't know. If if anyone in the chat would like to uh, answer Burger Flute, that'd be a great uh, idea because I am not too sure myself. I'm looking. Oops, I don't want to report a problem. What? And I'm totally grabbing that Timex into Glow because that I think that's a better investment right now. If I spend fifteen bucks on a Timex into Glow, that's a better investment for me <laughs> and than three hundred dollars of Google wearables. <laughs> I do have a few marathon prizes remaining to give to people in person. But anyway. Uh, yes. Uh, time, okay, so we're, we're almost done with news and notes time. Uh, yeah. I didn't have a lot to go over. I guess the, potentially the most in- interesting thing is the release of Shovel Knight, which has kind of been ah, uh, yes. an uh, indie game that's been talked about and uh, looked for with anticipation. Uh, I, I, uh, I have not played it. I've watched some videos, some, some Let's Plays just to get a feel for the game. And I've read some reviews and very well received. It's it's a retro oh. style. Uh, it's kind of in the. It looks to be in the style of those old. Um, it, it looks. It reminds me of Ducktales a bit for the NES. Yeah, you can even pogo with your shovel, you know, as a la Uncle Scrooge with the cane. So I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, I'll probably pick it up at some point. I, I believe it's for pretty much everything. I believe. Uh, Wii U and you know probably Xbox and PS uh, whatever and and PC. I'm guessing <laughs> yes, at this whatever's. point. If it's not, then you know you can send me angry emails. That's fine. But um, yeah, okay. I, 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 yeah, I have not heard anyone say that Shovel Knight was 
a bad experience. So yeah. And it, all the videos I've seen kind of leading up to it look really cool. So, yeah. you know. And all these all these retro, uh, these new retro style games, you know, it can be seen as something of a gimmick at this point because it's not mm-hmm. exactly, you know, it's not exactly rare at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, when done well, it's still very gratifying. And there's some nice additions I think they made to this that, you know, you couldn't do on the NES, even though it's in an, that NES style. So, right. Yeah, and I think that's cool. I like the NES styling of it. I think it's a, a great concept, and doing a, another kind of DuckTales S game is never a problem oh. for me. Okay, so, fun. so I lied. It's on the Wii U, 3DS, and only PC Steam right now. So not the PS whatever. Yeah, apparently, yeah. at least for right now. Right. Uh, but good. speaking of Steam, uh, Steam and uh, good old games just finished up their summer sales. That's always cool. There was a lot of really good games that I wanted to buy, but. I don't have any time to play video games. Lame excuse. What's that all about? Um, I, I picked up a couple things. I, I, I uh, picked up Papers, Please. Um, <laughs> papiere, bitte. Your papers, please. What was that from? Medal of Honor? I have no idea. I think you just made that up. No, I think it was from Medal of Honor, like where they're like teaching you. Like There was that game where you, you'd run. It was a first-person shooter in World War II. And then like you'd hold up papers. You don't remember that? Bronson Pinchot? Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was Cameron Diaz. Oh, dang. Cameron um, Diaz. But really. I, I picked up Papers, Please for like two, two, two and a half bucks off of good old games. And also the, uh, I don't even remember what they called it, but it's essentially like the Baldur's Gate Super Collection <clears throat> oh, for about 20 bucks. That's uh, a great idea. Baldur's Gate, yep. Baldur's Gate. I, again, I have no time when I can play this, but it's nice to have. Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Neverwinter mm. Nights. Icewind Dale, uh, I believe Icewind Dale two, uh, some others I can't even remember. Um, I had I had all I had a couple of the Baldur's Gates games. I obviously played a ton of Neverwinter Nights because it was the first game mm-hmm. built on D and D three. I never played Icewind Dale, even though I heard it was phenomenal. I, well, Icewind Dale, um, I believe we took the Baldur's Gate style, and that was three point edition. Uh, uh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, it was either Icewind Dale or Icewind Dale two, but yes. Um, Baldur's Gate cool. 2 Enhanced Edition I don't think they're enhanced I think they're just the original ones Yes, Temple of Elemental Evil Which I also played back in the day That's a classic module mm. Great Anyway Rock and roll So McDonald's um, Yeah So I guess we can uh, With that Now that we now that we've got everybody's You know Just uh, So sick of news and notes <laughs> It's so many of them um, 25 minutes in um, why don't we move on to the topic du jour? Okay. Which is, which is the topic of the day. So at times, you know, you'll come up with a topic or I'll come up with a topic and we'll just pitch, pitch it together and usually we'll just run with that. So this is one I came up with. It's kind of been sticking in my head for a little while, as I explained this to you earlier, that, um, so Gone Home is a game, an indie game that got a lot of attention last year. Mm-hmm. I believe it came out last year. Yeah. And um, a lot of accolades and such, and they're I guess they're releasing a special edition now, and people are drooling all over it again. And I was thinking back because I played it, and I enjoyed it. It was an interesting experience, but at the end of the day, I was kind of wondering myself, and it's a bit of an esoteric question, but was it really a game? Uh, to, to give you some background, Gone Home is a story. You're you're a college student who's like backpacking around Europe, and you come home. To, to your your parents' house in Portland, where your parents and your teenage sister live, and there's no one there. 
There's no one in this the is house. The story of my life. It's a dark and stormy night. Exactly. And uh, it's something interesting I didn't notice until after I was done with the game is that there are actually no people in the game that you interact with. Um, mm. Basically, all you do is you walk around the house. You can interact yep. with objects. Yep. There are some very rudimentary puzzles. Um, mm-hmm. Really more like, oh, I need to unlock this 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 uh, lock. Uh, oh, I found the combination in this other room. Now I can unlock it. That I, You know, nothing even like Seventh Guest type puzzles. Right, right. And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, spoiler alert, but whatever, it came out a year ago. At the end of the day, the, the whole story re- you know, revolves around your, your younger sister uh, found out, uh, you know, you, you, well, let me back up a little bit. You, you come across certain journal entries which are actually, uh, you know, acted out in a voice of your little sister and a good actress doing that, that, that mm. job. But you find out through reading these journal notes uh, in order that uh, your little sister uh, discovered she was a lesbian and, you know, found this, uh, you know, girl she loved at her school. But, you know, it's mid 90s and so they don't know what to do about it. And they eventually run away together. And that's oh. the end of the story. That's really about it. There's a subplot about your parents, like having marital problems and they're away at like a couple's retreat and that's where they are. And that's, uh-huh. why, that's why there's no one at the house. So anyway, that's, yep. re- that's really about it. All right. And yeah, it sounds it, great. It, well, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, 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 it's interesting. You know, the story is kind of interesting. Uh, it's not amazing. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I, I was about halfway through the game kind of wondering what the big deal was uh, and, yeah. until I got to the the lesbian storyline. I was like, okay, I think I understand why uh, this got a lot of attention in the gaming news media. Because, because lesbians love video games. Yeah. There, well, that's a whole other topic about whether or not the... Uh, oh, that's not why? The gaming journalists. I mean, gaming journalists are a lot of millennials. You know, politically like correct. You know, the, the, they the, want to make sure that they're well, overtly. Yes, there's a lot correct, of there's is. a lot. I, I, not that I'm disagreeing with any of that. It's just no. that it's just that there's a lot of there's a lot of self congratulatory back patting in the yeah in a lot of uh, video games. It's journalism. like like the uh, the forced uh, diversity room at PAX, which we thought, which I think uh, almost universally at PAX, I heard people kind of scoffing at instead of uh, because it was pretty much just a stunt to make up for. Kind of, I guess some of the, the remarks some, that were made, right? Some some, uh, by, some offhand remarks that were taken very poorly, and yes, people's feelings were hurt. Anyway, it's, not, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be doing that kind of stuff. But I, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so not, it not almost like the game got attention that. for the wrong reasons, right? And, so, and, and 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 exactly. And I was kind of thinking like, this is like an interactive experience. It's more like an interactive fiction, which is not a new mm-hmm. genre. Um, it was presented, I think, very well. It was it was atmospheric and such. But what yeah. I call it a game. At yeah. the end of the day, and and, and not that that doesn't disparage it, you know, as as not worth uh, booting up and and playing, if you will. Uh, it's just kind of an like I said before, an in, intellectual uh, uh, exercise, I suppose. Yeah, <clears throat> well, and and it it begs the question of what what actually constitutes a game, what right. what what makes something. A game versus something else. Maybe we should start there. What, what do you think? What is your before we talk about maybe necessarily what that if that specifically is a game? Why don't we talk about what we think a game is? 
if someone stopped you and said, "Hey, define what a game is." What what would you say? What are the thing? What are the attributes, okay. or what kind of things would you say make a game? Well, if, if we're talking about video games, which is in, what we are in this instance, I, I just oh, and time out by the way, because oh. Carrara already did the first thing that I thought of when we brought up this topic. I literally, as soon as I had it in my head, I walked into the next room and said, "What is a game?" <laughs> Nothing but a miserable pile of secrets. Now he said programming, but anyway, that's a, I thought that was great. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, so a game, a video game in particular, has to be something that is uh, electronic in nature. If we're getting to the bare bones, to, to, to video games, uh, yeah, for video games, okay. electronic okay. in nature. I don't think many people would argue about that one. No, um, tic tac toe, not is not, not a inherently video a video game, unless it is on a computer or something like that. Right. Um, it has to have some defined gameplay, and this what is do you what, mean? what what this, is constituted by gameplay, right? And that, this this is where I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of diverting from calling things like interactive fiction a game, in that yeah. it's something that you interact with. It there is there are rules to a game. There are uh, you know you have inputs that change. Uh, what happens, you could... There's some sort of losing condition, there's some sort of winning condition. Mm. Um, and maybe I'm being even too strict in just saying all that. I mean, you'd think you'd, you'd think if, if you sat someone down and asked, what is a game? They, they would probably say something like that. But the thing is, I think I think our, our general perception of what constitutes a video game, basically anything you can put on a PC and play and has pretty pictures, could be constituted as a video game. Yeah, it's it's tough to define. You raise a lot of interesting points, most of which are I would think would be very pretty, like you said, pretty much universal, right? Like if we talk about the idea of having rules, the fact that there is interactivity or there is some kind of determinancy in how you make choices of how something pans out, mm -hmm. the way that something pans out implies some kind of narrative tie or at least. Uh, some kind of, like you said, a winning condition or a yeah. state of evolution. So something beyond yes. where you where you begin the game with a set of skills. Mm -hmm. um, there might be, there potentially could be a losing condition because there are games that are made now that don't really have a lose state per se. Right. Um, and you know what? But, yeah. I, I'm thinking about it already, and I think that's too that's too limiting. Yeah, <clears> because it is. I, well, I, that's where I was going. Because I think, yeah, I mean, Carrara brings up right here. Animal state, or sorry, animal state, Animal Crossing animal. has no win fail condition. It's it's pretty, you know, and and some of my favorite games have no win fail condition, like SimCity, you know, yeah, um, you know, simulation games where it's kind of an open sandbox. Minecraft, well, yeah, I mean, Minecraft does have a win condition because you can beat Minecraft now with well some of the more recent releases, but that's not how but, it got popular though. Yeah, no, and, and, and I don't, and I don't think it was necessary to make it any more popular. By the way, yeah. I think the only people that find Minecraft appealing for those reasons are people that are younger because they're looking for the project to kind of complete rather yeah. than exploring the the journey rather than the destination itself. It's right? like it's like playing with Legos. You don't win at Legos. You don't win at Legos, and I think at the at the end of the day, there's a reason why that is. However. What is more interesting about Minecraft and, and more interesting about Legos, which don't make them a game, but means you can play games with them, which I think is what Minecraft is. Mm -hmm. It's more like a universe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I played games with is, Legos. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Is you can make your the the gameplay, the story, and even to a certain extent the rules are <laughs> um, are emergent. I.e., they aren't determined by the game or the creator of the game. They are they emerge simply by playing or simply by taking on the personality of the people playing. Right. Now, this to me is a very interesting point because. What makes Minecraft fun for me is that it is emergent. The story is not definitive. The only thing that you know is going to happen in Minecraft is that you are by yourself. The sun comes up, the sun goes down, and when the sun goes down, bad things come out that, that can try to kill you. Right? Mm -hmm. Everything else is completely up to you. Well, I grab some tools. Then I punched some trees, and then I went and you know mined some more, and then I found some, and I made some, and and I stayed in this place, and that place will be the place that you stayed for the rest of the time that map is in existence, and that map will only be in existence with you playing it. Right. That is an emergent. Oh gosh, who let Mark Chan into the chat room? Uh, I'm gonna. I kick can't him right now. No. Yep. Get that guy out of here anyway uh emergent story emergent gameplay to me are a lot of fun because they change they, they really skew they make it difficult for us to define games in the way that they that they used to be defined mm -hmm. um it travel it, it travels it challenges a lot of the notions that we just put forward about rules about narrative about lose states win states and it makes you think what would it be what would it be like if some of those things if, if there weren't any rules or there weren't as many rules, or there weren't great storylines. Um, what what would really make something that wasn't a game? Can we maybe think of some examples that w that aren't games that maybe we could compare the two? Well, that that that's that's kind of what I, I, I was wondering about. Is um, well before. So your nomination is. I would say I would say interact the interactive fiction genre, which I would throw in Gone Home. I would throw in, even though I love it, uh, to the moon is yep. there. There are some very weak puzzle elements at parts, but really, really, it is more of a story that you kind of just go along with. Great yep. story, but it's one you just go along with. Uh, and there's yep. tons of um, text-based interactive fiction games from the '80s. Things like I, I, Zork thinking, become gray areas yeah. at this well, point. Well, Zork is a text adventure game, right? That, yeah, so that's a text adventure. That's you're not, not you're, you know, if, if Zork was, yeah, it, I mean, so I'm thinking more like Radical Dreamers. Radical Dreamers <laughs> yes, literally is, yeah, Radical Dreamers has no, like, sub-games, mini-plots, collectible items like an adventure game. It is literally, you just pick paths and it tells you the story and puts pictures on the screen. Right. That's the whole game. So, so the two of us are basically agreeing in this case that interactive fiction is not so much a game. It, it's yeah. it, it's what it is. It's interactive fiction. Yeah, and and that's why I and, laugh when people say, you know, well, you know, watching a movie is very different than the than the interactive medium of the game. And uh, you know, I've never really seen it that way. I think people that say that are people that probably haven't done a lot of studying of film theory, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know, people, you know, I've seen very very smart people at you know celebrated gaming conventions say that there's a fundamental difference between video games or you know what i don't know how we want to refer to it now games and film or tv 
because of their interactive nature. And I just I think that's such a misconception because the interactivity of something like a of an inter, of interactive fiction is essentially a choose your own adventure novel. Yeah, right? Someone's already written all the all the possibilities. Every possibility that you can possibly go through in every detail is already written. And that's exactly right? what Mark Chan in the chat just said. Uh, choose your own adventure books of the game genre. So that kind of so that that I guess that begs the question and I know I'm not using that that phrase correctly but shut up. Would you say that choose your own adventure books are a game? Because if that's a game, yeah. It's the same. It that is interact that is also interactive fiction. Right. And and does not the, you know, the the condition, the apparatus of these media provide certain rules and certain outcomes are we not disappointed if we go to a movie theater and you know no one turns the lights off and we watch the movie and it doesn't have a narrative arc and it doesn't end with any kind of ending we get pissed because they didn't follow the rules Mm -hmm. to me it just makes things a little bit more complicated than that i think games are really more about i mean so here's another thing to throw out there right there are, and I can legitimately tell you this because I, I studied this kind of thing for a while, as many of you know. But there are, there are, you know, anthropologists have been working for centuries to think about whether they were called anthropologists or not, to think about what separates or distinguishes humanity from the rest of the animal kingdom. Now, you might think that's a useless endeavor, and you might be absolutely right. But people have been thinking about this, and they've come up with ideas like the tool using yeah. animal. Right, they come up with ideas uh, that 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 stem along multiple different fronts. But one of them is that people define it as the ludological animal. That's what separates humanity, not from from cats who are not ludological. I'm sorry, Cooper, you're not ludological in the, in the way they kind of are. But otherwise, uh, in, in other words, humanity is defined by the fact that it makes everything into games. We are the game playing animal. Yes. <laughs> the way that we personify things, the way that we, you know, even with what we do with cats on the internet, do cats actually think the things that we say? No, we personify them because it's like a game, right? Yeah, that's if a good I point. hate my job, I'll turn it into a game to make it go faster, to make me enjoy it, right? I saw a great thread on Reddit yesterday. What little things in life do you make into games? Like, what little life games do you play? Things like. Uh, heating something, you, you hit the button, heat something up in the microwave, then you run to like go to the bathroom and make it back before it comes off or something like that. You know, just little right. silly things like that. That's right. And, you know, uh, of think think of the simple kinds of games that if, if you were to watch a child grow right now, think of, this, think of the evolution of the games that they would play. Mm-hmm. It seems like they have a proclivity toward playing games. That's cool. So... It's almost like video games put us into a more natural state because we naturally want to play games. Who doesn't like playing games when they're kids? Right. You know? But the kinds of games that you create, whether you have you know, hungry, hungry hippos put on your table or whether you have absolutely nothing, we still create games as kids. They just tend to be more mature as we get older to include these kinds of things that you and I just described. Yeah. I mean, even, even some things that we talk to kids of as games. Yeah. That, that, that sentence was not good English, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Things that we usually give to kids as games <clears throat> right. are not, strictly speaking, games. Shoots right. and Ladders isn't really a game. 
There's no, you have no effect on anything that's going on there. Yeah. You, yeah. you could call that an interactive fiction. Right. You know, because that's... It's really just roll the dice. It's really just roll it, the no, dice. No, it's not even rolling the dice. It, as soon as you shuffle that deck, the, the winner is predetermined. But it's not predetermined in shoots and ladders because it's still a one in... You're still rolling a die. Actually, in in, in some in the in the actual shoots and ladders, you spin a spinner. <laughs> okay. Right? If you want to get okay, then fine. War. War and Candyland are absolutely determined. You're just slowly. Oh, revealing. I'm sorry. I was thinking Candyland. Sorry, not yeah. shoots and yeah. ladders. Okay, but shoots yes. and ladders you actually can determine. Although it's difficult to strategize in, in something like that because spinning a spinner is just kind of spinning a spinner and rolling a die is just I mean, kind of rolling a die. I mean, but at least there's interaction there. There's random. Yeah interaction yeah. like the the force you put on that spinner it's not completely random the force you put on that spinner has some effect on the way the game is played yes you know there is no strategy that can necessarily affect that game right but at least you're having an interactivity that can change the way right. the, if you if you played a game of shoots and ladders and then you go back in time and played it again yeah it would end differently candy land war flip the coin are all completely yeah. and totally predetermined so when you flip a coin in the air and you put it down you go okay no is it heads or tails no one calls that a game that's not a game or at least right? they shouldn't they shouldn't but it is kind of a game to a kid that's a game to a kid candy right. is a game to a kid war is a game even though we that kind of see that the rules aren't really there there's no real kind yeah. of rhyme or reason to it it's not really a game and so when you go and you play uh gone home or to the moon i'm you play through a story and you can, uh, you know, you, there's really nothing you can do to change, yes. you know, anything. And there's no interactivity that will change anything. It's a, it's a great point, too. You know, and I, 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 yeah, I, I, I love what I, I, I'm not sure. But I think I, I think Mark Chan just said something that's very for once in his life said something very, very interesting, which is that <laughs> I think it's weird when people criticize games for being all about luck as though strategy is impartially luck. I agree with this. One of the reasons I don't play poker anymore is because one of the last times I played poker with my friend, and I know nothing about poker. I know the rules. I can play, blah, 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 right? So we played a hand where I just started take. I, I went around, and I just took everybody's money on the river, and it was total blind luck. What I hit was not what I was shooting for, so on and so forth. For the rest of the entire night, as I have a giant pile of money in front of me, everyone is talking to me about... I can't believe you bet that. That was the stupidest thing I ever heard. You never, ever should have done this. It doesn't make any sense in poker strategy. Why would you do that? And you know what I did? I was just like, this is not any fun anymore. Like, I thought part of the game was that it was not determined. If, there's, if some, it's all, there's some luck. Yeah. If it's all about war, if, you know, if it's, as in you know, war or candy land, then there's something, you know, then, then then what are we doing here, right? If it's all predetermined, then why would we even bet on something like that? You know what I mean? Well, the funny thing is, uh, and, and, and board game snobs who definitely do exist would say that, well, Americans, and I, I group Canadians in there as well, North Americans, love yeah. their games of chance. They yes. love their monopoly and their, yes. and their war and shoots and ladders, whereas, you know, European board games are a lot more based on strategy. Yes, you might have some dice in it, but there's a lot more strategy involved. Yeah. So yep. maybe that's why poker is so. <laughs> maybe. And, 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 you know, once you start translating some of those things into mm. the video game space, um, <laughs> there is, I think, 
an even an even further level of abstraction because what is playing monopoly on a board versus playing monopoly on a screen right sure. where the computer monitors all the rules you know where there's no house rules right where you know the dice that are being rolled are not actually really random sure um you know there's all kinds of interesting questions about why you know, is that a game? Is that more or less a game than playing it with a board? You know what I mean? Are video games more or less games than maybe some of their other counterparts? Is I guess what I'm asking. Uh, uh, uh that's a good question. Um, or is it the same? Or is it just that there's different kinds of games? I think it's generally the same. I mean, like we were just saying before. I mean. If if you really want to be weird about it, you could group things like To the Moon and Gone Home and Radical Dreamers into the same category as War or Shoots and Ladders. Sorry, um, Candyland. Yes. And and just say even though one's a video game and one's not, they're all the same kind of type of predetermined that you don't really have any interaction with. Whereas yeah. Monopoly, you got Monopoly on a board and you got Monopoly on the Super Nintendo. And <laughs> literally the same game. One's a video game, but one's not. And they're yeah. Both, and maybe, both maybe the the, the experience of those things is not different. But what? Let me ask you this: What's the difference between playing a game of war with cards, where the 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 outcome is completely determined, and watching a movie? Uh, so playing a game of cards and watching yeah. a movie. Well, like, not like, playing a game of cards, playing war. I'll oh, play a game of war. As in the game, uh, a game there's of war with cards. There's candy line, There's right? literally no there's no difference, difference, right? Because it's already been it's already been scripted. It already yeah. happens the way it's going to happen. I, You're just kind of along for the ride. I love the way the the guys from the Geek Nights podcast put it in uh the first um panel convention panel uh that we saw of theirs years ago at PAX East. They said war is the worst game you can possibly play. You might as well uh, once those cards are shuffled, it's predetermined, and once you, um, you might as well just flip a coin and then slowly over the course of the next five minutes uncover it to see who won. You know, same exact yeah. thing. It's, and that's it, the same as watching a movie. Yes, but this is, and, and this is getting off topic, but this is one of the reasons why I love The Usual Suspects, because it changes the rules, but that's a whole other story. Because um, I know you, Screw you absolutely the usual love suspects. I know you love that movie. I, right, got, this is, this I is got that question. figured out halfway through. Dre2D2 asks, what about Tamagotchis? Are those games? That's a great question. What do you think? What about Tamagotchis? So with Tamagotchis, yes. there are progressions. Yeah. What, right? Your interaction affects what happens. Your and is there, an, is there a win state and a lose state? No, but we already went over that. And that you don't, uh, so I, I, I had misspoke before when I said you have to have a win state or lose state. Let's go back a minute. Uh, by mm -hmm. minute, I mean like 20 minutes. Okay. When I when I was when you were asking me what well let me define a game let me take away the yeah. win lose condition because there are okay. so many games that don't you don't have that yeah um, and they can still be fun even though they don't have a win lose condition but I just said and, I, and I'm going to go with this there has to be some sort of interactivity that there there has to be some sort of interactivity at the very base level and then you could argue well you know in Gone Home you're walking around this house and you have controls and you move around but that's yeah. that's a very so how else would you add what what other condition would you add to that interactivity that would make it into a game what changes that from gone home to half-life changes the level of interactivity i think there are probably <laughs> levels I, I think there there do have to be levels of interactivity because 
you know, if we just sat there and watched a movie and hit a button to advance the slides, mm -hmm. that's not a game. Um, but it's still a level of interactivity. Nothing advances unless you push the button. Yes. Right. Um, and I think there have to be kind of graduated levels of interactivity to the point where really very little happens in something like Half-Life uh, without you doing something, right? If you just sit there and you don't move and you don't touch any, you know, your keyboard or your controller, literally nothing happens or you just die, right? Um, which would be a lose state, but that's a whole other conversation. Call, would you call clicking a slideshow a game? No, I would never call that a game. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay. So there's so many great comments going on right now. Yeah. I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm reading through the comments, going, ah, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> okay. I want to stop and talk about all these. First, Broccolope saying, but you still want to win when you play War. You have an yes. emotional investment in drawing a higher card. No, yes, and I, I, I'm sure you're about to say what I'm about to say. The thing is, if you're watching Game of Thrones, yes, you want the Lannisters to win. And I want the Starks. And I want the Starks to win. We are invested, but we have no yes. effect on what happens. No. Once you once you shuffle the deck of cards before yes. you even start the game of war, right? It's already determined who wins. All right. You so, nothing. You, you no matter how much you pull for some you winning or the other guy winning. You're right. However, doesn't affect it. So you're absolutely right. And and I and this this speaks to one of the very first game one of the very first books I ever read about video games. It's a it's a wonderful game, a uh, wonderful game, wonderful book, um, called uh, From Barbie to Mortal Kombat. Okay, and it is basically a book about how um, gendered communities interact with game space. Okay, because what you're talking about is a very male oriented. In the communications, we call that a speech community. All right, a male speech community way of interacting with games. In other words, there is a competitive element to it. I'm trying to win, and the fact that it's predetermined and that I don't have any strategic element into it means that it's very appealing to me, or, or, or unappealing to me as a man, because I am looking at this and saying, There's a, the winner's already been determined. What the hell am I doing? I'm just watching something play out, right? Mm -hmm. But the meta game of... Jeez, I, I can't wait to see what, what happens when they flip over that card because maybe I won and maybe I That tends to be more of a feminine speech community, right? Women tend to enjoy games because of the process, not because of the outcome. I think it's one of the reasons that Minecraft has done incredibly well among female gamers just as well as it's done among male gamers because it's not necessarily about competitively winning in an outcome. It's also really about the process what it takes to get there, the journey along the way. So what, what the Barbie to Mortal Kombat book really talks about is that a lot of video gaming companies have been trying to create chess for girls for a long time. Men, male speech communities love chess. There are rules, it's strict, there's, it's competition, it's all about strategy. I win, I lose, we move on. Mm-hmm. Women don't really like chess, or women speech communities wow, generally. You're so sexist. No, no, it's not. Because what I'm <laughs> saying is that it's 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 a generality, right? In general, um, chess is less popular, and what kind of things are more popular are things that involve community, right? So coming together is more important than the actual game itself. Something like Dungeons and Dragons, for example, where you have a bunch of people get together 
it's more important that you're getting together and interacting with other people right. and having fun and laughing than you, what the rules of the game actually are, right? Yes. So I think in terms of, in, in generalities, I think what you said makes a ton of sense for a particular way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think games can definitely be uh, metagamed to mean something completely different that had nothing to do with the mathematical outcome. And that's something the that Geek Knights haven't you know, treated very well as well. I, I thought they treated that very well in the conversation, which was like, hey, if you want to just sit down and drink and laugh and then see who turns over the last card in war and everybody jumps up and down and screams, that's a game. That's fun, right? Go do that. But that's not a strategy game. And it's not something that's going to satisfy people that are interested in trying to win at games, which was the title of their talk. Right. Beyond Candyland was the title of their talk, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's an interesting way of looking at it. And again, as, as I, we started this out, I said this is kind of a, um, a, a useless uh, mind uh, experiment. And, you know, we're not trying to say any, or put down any, any of these things that we're talking no. about. Except for, you know, I guess war. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, if you want to... If you want to put it a different way, you could say games like Gun Home or To the Moon are games, but they are not. There is no strategy involved. Yes, that's another way to put it, as opposed to saying one is not a game. Um, Right. So. So 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 what defines the difference? I'm seeing people throwing a lot of stuff in the in the chat. How um, horse with no name said earlier. South Park Stick of Truth, which is a great game, by the way. The story mm-hmm. is predetermined. Yep. Uh, let me stop right there. As it is with most games. Uh, exactly. Most games, the story is predetermined. Either the story right. is predetermined, or it has some finite number of endings, right. or it's a sandbox game and there is no way to win. It right. is. It is SimCity. You know. Well. Okay. There are sandbox games like. Grand Theft Auto Five, which does have win states, even though you can per- play perpetually. Sure. And then there are games like SimCity, which you would just play in perpetuity. Yeah. For sake of argument, I'll say that Grand Theft Auto Five is a has a story that ends, a linear story right. that ends. And right. SimCity, really, there is no story. You just can keep playing. Anyway, exactly. uh, but she says uh, you get to decide if you want to dress up like a fairy princess for the last battle. So <laughs> that's that that so that's what I'm trying to say is that. It's not so much. I'm not so much saying that just because a story is predetermined or a path yes. is predetermined in a game, that doesn't mean it's not a game. That's right. There's something else that makes it something interactive that is different when you play it. Yeah. Each time you play it, maybe that's maybe that's what I'm trying to say. And um, and there you are know, battles. Maybe there yeah. are. Uh, if you build a, 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 even in the basic SimCity, if you build a nuclear nuclear power plant and you do this, that, and this, you put these exact you know uh, commercial zones, residential zones in this area, uh, you're going to get to ten thousand people in a different way than yes. if you do it again tomorrow. Even if yes. you do the, if you built the exact same way, there are uh, differences. There are random variations that will change the game. And, exactly. and that make it a game and you have to exactly. you have to react to that and and that's fun too right i mean th- there are there are elements of that 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 are kind of you know some games like diablo for example were the exact opposite of what you're talking about but in a similar concept in that 
you still you're always trying to beat Diablo, but the process of getting to Diablo is completely different every time. <laughs> right? Yes. So so it's it's basically kind of what you just said kind of on its head. The end game is exactly the same every single time, but the reason that Diablo is infinitely replayable is cuz the process of getting from A to B is completely different every single time you do it. And I think Diablo is a damn good game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. So, you know what I mean? It's 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 maybe we're just getting into a point where we're where we're realizing the nitpickiness, as it were. Sure. Of and our of our contention here. I think a good way to put it, or or potentially end it, because surprise surprise, we're running long, but. Uh, Horse with No Name says, I wouldn't call this a useless mind experiment. Many times as adults, we are challenged by people asking why we still play video games, even though we're not kids anymore. Yep. So you roll that into this, and it's kind of, it's you know, like I said, it's a mind experiment about why is this compelling? Why do we play games? Right. You know? And why do, why do, you know, older folks tend to play games that are more simple or games that, that tend to have pretty simple winning and losing conditions you know as i get older i actually enjoy playing games like solitaire on my phone more than i involve like i get i just got i just got crazy taxi on my tablet and i'm like oh this is great crazy taxi and i'm playing crazy taxi like mad and then i was like eh, i think i'll just play solitaire you're so old i know yeah Sure. Cooper says you're old too. Um, anyway, yeah. So anyway, I think we could probably talk about this for uh, another hour. Geez, po- I, I don't know that we really figured anything out. The point no, is, but it was interesting. I th- well, I thought it was interesting at least. The point is that it's interesting, and that we could we could spend a lot of time. I think defining games in many different kinds of ways, and you know, um, doing you know maybe we run down it right. I, I think we all agree that if you look at the top video games of all time, there's no question that they're video games. If we look at something like a Tiger Electronics, for example, <laughs> would you say that's a video game? Uh, now that becomes a question to some people. Uh, I remember having this conversation with uh, Pat, uh, the NES punk, when we were doing the video game years commentary for like 1977. And we're talking about the uh, Mattel football LED video yes. game. And I'm like, yes. he's like, why are we even talking about this in this episode? And I was like, Be- yes. because it's a video game. No, it's not. And I, to me, it's like, oh, it's, a, it's, an, it's like an audiovisual stimulus. And there's obviously a game involved. You're putting in inputs to you know move your dot around the field. And he's like, well, shut up. It's on a video screen. So that's, right. that's more of a technical. But I, w- I would still say it's yes. I still say it's a video say, game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, it, uh, <laughs> S, am I saying soft tofu? I uh, actually yep. asked literally what you asked me before we started this is Flappy Bird a game? Is Flappy Bird a game? And I would say yes. Yeah, it, it is, is a game. game. It is a game. Again, there's no win state. You can't win Flappy Bird, but you can, you know, it involves interactivity. And if you're like me, you die after 10 posts every time, doesn't matter. Um, so apparently you can get better at it or worse at it than other people, right? So there's a level of skill to it. Um, I, so I'm, I, I think it definitely is a game. Um, the other thing that we didn't really touch on is something that Vulcan Assassin just spoke about, which is the idea of, hey, uh, you yeah. watch sports as a kid, and now you're an adult and you watch sports. You know, why? Well, because it entertains you. Right. It's entertaining, right? So games also entertain. Games and, and ludology is the study of gaming because gaming entertains us, right? Yeah, and the same thing with uh, people who... Uh who uh, adults who watch My Little Pony. I'm, I'm 
I I have watched My Little Pony. I'm not exactly a yeah. super a fan or anything, but you brony. know, I, yeah, I'm not a brony, but uh, yeah. I can understand why people would enjoy it. If people enjoy it, then that's what they enjoy. That's right. Fine. That that's what their entertainment is. Yeah. Maybe they don't enjoy and, watching the U.S. lose in the quarterfinals every four years in the World Cup. Right. And I think that sports, you know, um, all games are not sports, but all sports are games. Ah, that's, so, that's also a good point. When you go into, when you watch, you know, something that, that doesn't look like, you know, like everybody tries to talk about major league gaming now, right? And the idea that, that you can make these sports or these games competitive or sport-like, it doesn't really work in the same way. But in, but in some sense, you kind of understand why people would, would take that as the next logical conclusion. If you're really good at football, which is a game, then you would go and play football professionally. And get paid for it, right? So, you know, even something like sports and sports games, there's something obviously very different between playing a playing a sport and playing a sports game, but they're definitely both still games, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we can agree that uh, it's never going to be very easy to put a singular definition on exactly what what a video game is or is not. The one thing I think we can agree on is that it seems to be challenged and pushed around. The boundaries are different, um, especially as technology evolves, especially for video games, um, as we progress through things. So, in some ways, we got to just stay tuned to see what video games become. Yeah, uh, I think I will do this. Holodeck. Yep. The holodeck would be games, right? You can play games in the holodeck. The Barkley was playing some good games in the holodeck. See. <laughs> it even happens in the freaking future, people. I told you. See you, Mark. Um, Jan. All right. Yeah. So, so Mark, so, Mark, Mark is leaving the chat. So now we can move on to the uh, next portion. Yeah, we can move on to the Q and A portion of the program. And, and some of you that are just diehard fans and already knew how to send me questions have already sent me questions, which is awesome. So we'll just definitely do those. Well, so uh, so if people would like to send you questions, if people would like to send so? me questions that haven't done so thus far for the question and answer portion of the program right there, it's the Commodore and send me a message on Twitch. Um, I would and if like, I like you what your question is, then I'll ask it and we'll answer it. Uh, I would actually like to start with a question that horse with no name asked like 30 minutes ago that I thought was interesting, but wasn't exactly fitting in the conversation at the time. Oh. But would it completely derail the whole conversation? Uh, you were just on a, on a roll, so I didn't want to oh, break yeah, in with yeah, that. Yeah. But um, what is the difference between a toy and a game? Yeah. Um, toys can be used in games. Okay. But toys do not define the parameters of games because toys are, are a material object and not the conditions for which gaming is focused. So I think of, for example, the Matrix. Okay. When Morpheus calls in Neo and he goes, "Hey, look at this place. Look at this dojo. Isn't this cool?" And Morpheus is, and Neo's like, "Yeah, cool," because he's like, "I know kung fu." <laughs> and then he goes, um, "Yeah, well, guess what? This isn't reality. We're in the Matrix. This is a game. There are rules. We can change those rules. But look at this." This is a thing, right? It's just a thing. We can use this thing. You can punch this thing. But that's not the game. The game is this reality. So a game, in my opinion, makes conditions for which 
items like toys can be used in a way to entertain. So to borrow what you were saying before, not all toys are games, but all games can use toys. Toys can or be no. used can be used in, in games. to play games. So, so, so I, the, we were talking about this example before, but Legos in of themselves are toys. They are things yes. you can play with. That's right. however you'd like yeah. if you get and i did this as a kid because i'm a dork if you get together with friends and you make a little lego city and you can like right. go on adventures and stuff that is playing right. a game or even even better if you mix your gi joe toys with your legos you can make a super gi joe ship i totally did this with your <laughs> legos and then all of a sudden you have things that don't at all fit together there are no material conditions for which the Legos necessarily lend themselves to bonding with G.I. Joe toys, and yet I've made it into a game. Now I have a now I, I build ships for my G.I. Joe toys, and my G.I. Joe toys become these other things, and we go and destroy bad guys. And there are other things that you do with just the, the toy itself. Yeah. Rather than just, you know, push the shiny button or you know, um, a toy is hit like, the button on hungry hungry hippos. A toy is like a more basic component to a game. Yeah, it's almost that, like a contingent part of it. Or it can be, at least. Um, Toys also have a connotation of, of youthfulness. Games don't necessarily There's have also that. that. Well, boys have... I mean, men have their toys as well. Yeah, that's true, too. And then some women. Anyway. Good question. All right, so um, I'm going to get to the first question that I received already, which is great, from Mike and Games. And yes, you are doing this right, Mike. So don't worry. <laughs> you guys might get to this during your discussion, but I'm curious. When do you think that something stops being a game? I have some friends who really enjoy visual novels, but they don't see them as games rather than interactive stories. Just interested in your thoughts. So when do you think that something stops? So in that it begins as a game, then it stops being a game? Mm -hmm. Is that what he's asking? Or more? I, yeah, I think so. What's the line? I have I have a I have an answer of my own, but but go, well, um, you you go ahead with yours then. So a lot of games are are focused on the competitive nature. So in other words, the win condition, how you're actually trying to win. So, like if you are somebody that's really good at a game, and you play somebody that's really bad, the Geek Knights talked about this. You know, you already know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. And you play somebody that's really really bad or has never played before. There's that's not entertaining. That's not fun. It's not a game. Right now, what you could basically do is just completely control how the game will progress because that person doesn't know what's going on, and you can just tell them to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. Once you play somebody that is like at your level, that's a game because now it's competitive, it's fun, someone's playing at your level, it's enjoyable, it's entertaining. So a game can stop being a game when it's no longer entertaining to the point where it's just consuming habitual and you know mundane i like the way you, i like the way you took that question so i'm gonna i'm gonna generally leave it at that uh i will throw out another example uh i do not do mmorpgs very often and here's the reason why yeah. uh the one that i have spent the most time on which was for really only a few months back in the day was city of heroes um, yep. which I, I enjoyed. I thought was fun. The problem is that when I'm paying $15 a month for a subscription to something, I feel I need to put in time to it. And then it becomes exactly. like a job. And then it wasn't right. fun anymore. It wasn't a game. It was something I had to do. And so I stopped. Um, 
and that's the same. Being compelled to do it doesn't makes it less of a game. Yeah, and it's kind of different from what we were talking about earlier. It's a different aspect of what makes a game and what what makes something stop being fun. Um, But yeah, no, that's that's good. Good question. Good answer on that one. I love it. Tacos Rule eighty nine asks, "What is your favorite board game?" Is at this point in time. That's a great question. That's a good question. At this point in time, uh, you know, I I have. Um, I don't like to choose one. Yeah, I don't like to choose one either. But I'll tell you, you know, ever since we played at PAX, I've been craving to play more Red Dragon Inn. And <laughs> uh, what's funny is I totally should have taken your advice and bought the original because now I can't find the original anywhere. I have the um, original. Like, yeah, I know because you bought it. But yeah. like, it was like two, three, four were there, but not one. Or one was there, and I didn't buy it fast enough. So I lost it. You got three, and I got one and two, right? No, I didn't. I didn't get any of them because once I got there, oh. I couldn't buy one, and I didn't. I didn't want to just buy one. You know, three. I wanted to buy one. Um, so, so, so Red Red Dragon Inn is uh, for those who don't know. It's a game set around. It's kind of a, a relatively simple game uh, where you it's uh, cards where it's like you. The story is you're a bunch of D and D type adventurers who come back from a. Uh, an adventure and you're you have money and stuff like that and you're all at an inn drinking yeah. and the goal of the game is to be the last person not drunk yeah. and with money by the end of the night and it's they played like, it on beer and board games and it's oh did they yes they did they played <sighs> it on beer and board games i didn't see awesome that. was that recent awesome fun uh no i think it's actually probably about a year and a half ago i must have completely just ignored that i didn't realize yeah. they did that anyway yes that was good uh, my favorite, I really, uh, I'm not going to go with one. I really enjoy Battlestar Galactica. Uh, awesome. I really enjoy Power Grid. Yeah. I've only played Agricola a couple, t- one or two times, but I thought it was Agricola, good. Yeah, Agricola to me is very Puerto Rico. I, yeah, I know. I'm not super fond of Puerto Rico. I mean, it's okay. I'll play it. But, yeah. um, man, um, oh. There are others, and I can't think of them because they're actually clean my room, so they're not sitting in front of me for once. Um, yeah, I'll go with those at least for right now. Those are those are really good. Um, honorable mention to uh, we didn't play the te- play test this game at all. Oh, that's I love that game, and it's not even really <laughs> to call that a game. Is is I know it's is, true. There really is well, no, no game that is a game because you play cards. You choose and yeah. play cards, so that is right. a game. It just lasts. You choose and one play cards, but and it's ridiculous. It's, it's a game the way that um, whose line is it anyway? Is a game. The the it's it's a game where the points don't matter, you know, and you're really just playing because of the process because it's fun to play. Right. That's what we didn't play this, this at all. Ha- really- having said all that, I've heard really good things about Netrunner. Yeah, me and too. I want to play that. Um, you know what? And, and and we played the Board of Thrones, Board of Thrones, Game <laughs> of Thrones card game as well at PAX East, which is supposed yeah. to be a sim, it's a living card game like Netrunner. I've yeah. been thinking more about that game since we played it. We weren't thrilled with it at the time. I think it could be more interesting if we sat down and played it again. Um, as with most games, you know, a lot of times it gets a lot better when dense. you pick it back up. Yeah, yep. It was a little dense at first, but I, I think it would be worth it. And I also have the Game of Thrones board game, which is also yep. kind of dense, but I haven't played that yet. But anyway. Soft Tofu 89 asks, in Mario Party, if you hit the dice block, do you get the same result as if you had hit the dice block five minutes later? No. No, you don't. I, I, I mean... You'd really have to ask the programmers, but I assume they put in some sort of a random number generator that would change depending on what period in time you hit it. 
That I'm yeah. assuming that's how they programmed it, and they don't have just a pre-rendered, and you know, number, because that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. And I, I, my guess is that there is some kind of randomness to it, even if it, even if you can never really truly be random. But the fact is, folks, you know, the way compute is today, computers can can handle a heck of a lot more in terms of random numbers than it used to be able before, and now it makes things look more random, which is why um, things like Slot machines are a lot more random today than they ever have been before. Um, Don't I know it? Yeah. Ticket, ticket to Ride's also very good. Sorry. Ticket to Ride's great, and I have I just packed it up, but I love Ticket to Ride's one of my favorites. Vulcan Assassin, our good friend, good friend of the program, Vulcan, yep. Vulcan Assassin. What was you and Rue's favorite game pickup from the Steam Summer Sale for him? It was Shovel Knight. Now, you mentioned a couple uh, games that you purchased. I actually didn't what, get anything from the Steam Summer Sale this year. It was all GOG. Or it was all good old games. Good old gotcha. games. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, what was your... You, you said you got all the... Out of, the, out, of the out of all those freaking games that came with the, uh, the uh, $20 deal you got for the Baldur's Gate series, what is your favorite of those? I'm gonna go. Excuse me. I'm gonna go with Baldur's Gate. Just just for the classic. I mean, that is a, really is still a great game. Even the Lord though, of Murder shall perish. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was so wide open and so many yeah. things that you could do, and it didn't mess around. It was. It, I mean, <laughs> talk about talk about uh, groundbreaking for 1998. And it's still, oh yeah, it's still very wide open today. I mean, it's too bad it's kind of based off of somewhat archaic second edition rules, D&D rules, D&D yeah. rules, but still. Uh, well, I, I was I don't know why I thought of this, but the other day I was walking I, I got up and I was feeling like tired and I wanted to go get something from the closet. So I went over to go grab it and I went, Ah, I should have joined the army. <laughs> Which is totally from Baldur's Gate. And I haven't quoted Baldur's Gate in probably five or six years and all of a sudden that just popped in my head. And and hey. at the time my girlfriend was like, What did you just say? You should join the army? I'm like, nah, it's a quote from a game, don't worry. It's 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 eminently quotable. Uh hiya, it's me, Immowin. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that is exactly. we're not even getting into uh, Hiya, Boo and me. Minsk. Oh. Time for the bit of the rough and tumble. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So saith um, the wise Alonzo. So saith the wise Alonzo. <laughs> we could go all night. Anyway. We could go all night with that crap, especially if we got into Lords of the Realm 2 people. Lords um, of the Realm 2. Welcome to Lords of the Realm. Too. I need to find the ending song from that game. I know, I know, I know. I bet that's well, on all YouTube. Just, just uses all the quotes, you know. Yeah, it was hilarious. Let's um, get digging. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's it's really funny. Um, another good friend of the program, Pond Life, asks: Do you believe that we as humans are always trying to better ourselves, and that video or board games are a good way to do that because it leaves us constantly wanting to advance, whether in winning, gameplay? Or anything. I'm sorry. I, go ahead. Well, I got to say, you know, I mean, this would speak to the logical condition of humanity, if there is in fact one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, it is potentially, I think, a good way to look at things. That, or, or a, a, I can't say good. I will say it is potentially a legitimate way to look at life, anthropologically speaking. Uh, as human beings and say that we are constantly trying to better ourselves and that is why games are appealing to us or that it is the part of the fundamental human condition that we play games. I'm not so sure that that is a truly universal condition, however, and that wanting to advance comes in degrees 
And I think one of the things that video games does very particularly well is it gives us better instant gratification. As in, a lot of times it's not very difficult for us to move forward in advance with the kind of effort commensurate to what it would take to do such things in real life. Think of some of the old Japanese uh, games where they would simulate, you know, being at work, for example. Oh, yeah. Advancing. Dating sims. Getting promoted. Yeah, dating sims and things like that, right? You're obviously not putting in the same kind of time slash having the same kind of heartache slash, you know, being humiliated or, or the glory or whatever that comes from actually living out those scenarios. You're just able to do it much more quickly. So in some ways, doesn't it dull our sensibilities when it comes to achievement in real life? I think you could easily argue that as well. So I'm not so sure. Bottom life, I'm not so sure. I'm just going to leave that alone because that's probably better than anything I could have said. <laughs> uh, I'm going to finish with this one then. Soft Tofu 89 asks Legos or connects. Legos? What am I, a communist? Yeah, what am do I, I, five years old? Do I, do I look like I'm from Canada? Yeah. What? No, because <laughs> half of your head doesn't. We're from Canada. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, yeah, hey, buddy. I'm not your buddy, guy. Um, <laughs> isn't it funny, though, that Saddam Hussein in the show in South Park sounds like he's Canadian, but his head doesn't move that way? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, I don't know that we necessarily solved any of the, the world's problems here or that we figured out any philosophical issues that... Um, were of merit for this podcast. But I hope that you folks in watching have learned something or have taken uh, an, an maybe a different perspective or a different idea about what actually constitutes a game and uh, can now go <laughs> impress your friends with all kinds of interesting ideas and uh, talk to them about things that matter to you, um, even if it doesn't matter to them. You can also impress your friends by showing them the Lords of the Realm 2 ending song, which I am pulling up right now. Welcome to Lords of the Realm 2. A band of Flemish mercenaries are available for hire, my lord. My lord? Yes? My lord? What now? Let's yes. get digging! Oh! Yes? Alright! My lord? Yes? My lord? What now? Let's get digging! Oh! Look out! Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, how I'd... how do you <laughs> how do you compete with that? What a great idea for what, the end of the game. One of the best ways to end the video game ever. Yeah. Anyway, the music in that game. I wish I actually. You know what I really wish? I wish I had the soundtrack to that game in some kind of digestible format that w that would fit current technology because you can get recordings of the stuff that was um, that was in that game, but the bit rate is so compromised. It is so badly. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, uh, compressed because you know obviously computers were very different back then. That it's it's completely unlistenable. So I actually ha I broke out tracks from the game and that you can barely listen to it, even though those tracks were so good. That game had great great music. Lord the Rome too. You came here also on Gog. Anyway, so on good good old games. So right. uh, so, so yes. thank you so thank, thank you very you. much everyone. Uh, for enjoying the the topic, horse with no name, uh, says a very good topic, and Brock Brock Brockalope uh, <laughs> insists that uh, he's not not sexist like a certain rear admiral. I don't know any. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, you know, I and I thought of an interesting idea. By the way, we, we need to we need to speak about this after the uh, podcast is over, okay. but. Um, 
uh, Ken Kevin Stryker brings up the Commodore 64 is such a smexy computer. I'm thinking he meant sexy, but I'll just say that. Let's go. Um, I think it's a sexy computer too, and I, it gives me an interesting idea about planning for the marathon. Ooh, which we're going to have to start doing. We if will. We're going to do it. this December. Clan of the Gray Wolf, sixth anniversary charity marathon. Yeah, so if you were thinking about donating money to us, don't waste your time. We don't need it. We don't want it. No. What we want you to do is save it until December so you can donate it to charity. That's yes. what we want. We've got to figure okay. out a charity, and I have some ideas for that, too, by the way. All right. Well, good. good. Right. I'm glad you've been thinking about it. I've been thinking on it. I'm a throne. Uh, My iron we've throne. Been, yeah, we're, we're thinking about all of you, too. Thank you for being a part of the Clan of the Gray Wolf and listening to the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of said Clan of the Grey Wolf. Um, um, where, when can the people listen to the next edition? Well, that's an interesting question because in two weeks, normally we do the first and third uh, Wednesday of every month, yes. but the third Wednesday of this month will be Wednesday, July 16th, and I will be up north preparing to meet you so we can go to Con Bravo, which is in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Yep. Near Toronto, For some crazy reason. Yep. Yep. Yes. And they are inviting us back again. Uh, this is my third year. Your second year. We enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, so if you're in the area, please come. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm I'm already set up for a few different uh, panels. I meant to ask you if you got your list of panels today. I have not checked, so uh, I don't. Know. Okay. Anyway, but I, I'm I know I'm going to be part of um, the world's most frustrating uh, game show, which did last year. That was fun. <laughs> And also uh, D20 Live, which is uh, basically a live Pathfinder game. I did, oh. I did that a couple years ago. Cool. Uh, so I'll be doing that with uh, Pro Jared, uh, Nash. That's awesome. And Linkara. So, um, That's sweet. I'm very excited to do that again. That should be good. So, uh, yes, and that will be um, July 18th through 20th in Hamilton, Ontario. Combravo.com. If, if you have any chance of making it that weekend, please come out. It should be fun. Uh, yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, although I don't know exactly what I'll be in yet, it'll still be just like that same kind of awesome stuff. Oh, so yes. we'll, you know, you're we in will... some pretty good panels by yourself too last year. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had yeah. a we had a blast. Well, um, oh wait, now. I do have it. So I've got. Uh, okay. Here I go. I, I just I just pulled this sucker up. Um, I'm into the uh, intro to vlogging. Very nice. I know something about that. The Future of Gaming, which I think is also I, something I have a lot to talk about. I think I'm on that one, too. And Yes, you are. And also The Philosophy of Games, which is a reprisal of the uh, panel that we had last year. Yes. Um, which true. was a lot of fun. So I got I to gotta go brush up on my uh, philosophy books again. Maybe I'll even bring my, uh, some of my books that uh, I can recommend to people. You should bring your, uh, your thesis on women in video games. I don't think anybody's going to want to read that. It's not very you can sell it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. All right. So, uh, so anyway, we will, uh, we will, we will definitely hope to see some of you at Con Bravo. Uh, for those of you that uh, just follow the program, well, might have to wait till next time. That's okay. Yes. So, to answer your question from like five minutes ago, the next time you can yeah. find us on Echo Screen Live will be here, uh, ClanOfTheGreatWolf.com, and Twitch at nine yes. p.m. Wednesday, August. Sorry, yes, August sixth. So yes. it'll be a month from now. So Broccolope asked what I assume only to be a sarcastic question. Wait, you have a vlog? Well, yes, I do. I do have a vlog, the Weekly Ringer. However, I have done a Weekly Ringer in a long time, partly because 
Uh, I bought a house, and I'm moving all of my stuff there. You so fool. it's been taking up all of my weekend time. But that's okay. <laughs> because as we talked about last time, this is the last time I will be doing the show from this very room. So say goodbye right now. And w the next time I do the Weekly Ringer, it will be from the new location. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. That'll be good. Very sweet. Yeah. Um, so for those yeah. of you eagerly awaiting the next Weekly Ringer, which is all five of you, um, it's coming. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, so with that, we will see some of you at Com Bravo and the rest of you next time. Thank you all for joining us here on the Echo Screen Live, the official uh, podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. For Rue, I am the Commodore, and there is no reset button. Nice. Thank you. Like we planned it. My lord? Yes? My lord? What now? Let's get digging! Ho! All right! My lord? Yes? My lord? What now? Let's get digging! Whoa! Look out! Excellent! We'll enjoy this! Excellent! Leave it to us, sir! Excellent! We'll enjoy this! Excellent! Those damn fools! Dig in! For honor and glory! Dig in! For England! Dig in! My lord? Yes. My lord? What now? My lord? Let's get digging! Ha! A my band of Flemish mercenaries are available for hire, my lord. With real cat faces. This is the weirdest shit I've ever done. <laughs> whoa! Dig, 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 dig in! Whoa! Ho! 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 Let's get digging! My lord? Yes? My lord? What now? Lightning! Ready! Archers! Ready! Iceberg! Ready! Ah! Can I be excused?